right. Welcome in. Welcome back, folks, to a what exactly is Notre Dame's full plan regarding recruiting the quarterback position edition of the Always Irish Show. As always, thank you for being here. You can find the program on YouTube. Do it. Subscribe if you haven't yet. I'd appreciate it very much. Give the video a thumbs up if you approve of the content, and I appreciate that very much as well. Twitter, search bar, always Irish, or at always Irish, Inc. Emails, always Irish, Andy at gmail.com. Audio only anywhere you want me, you can get me. Call in line 312-988-15. ND Nation, we need to have a little talk. And, and, and there's just some stuff here that I need to talk through with you. See where we fall at the end. See what you guys think. Maybe what I'm going to go over isn't how you see it. Maybe there's a, another angle here that I'm unaware of. We're going to go through it together. Let me know what you think. So, Notre Dame Nation, I know all of us, all of you, just like me, are thinking about Notre Dame recruiting a lot these days. More than I ever re remember us doing collectively before. There's a perfectly good natural reason for that. Our head coach now and his staff do a lot more recruiting and do a way better job of it than the guy before him did. And it's a beautiful thing. And we've all noticed and we all love it and appreciate it very much. The 2023 class particularly is fantastic so far. Number one in the rankings. I know it's early and I always complain about Kelly teams being in the top 10 early and then dropping down and then I get mad about it. This is different. This is different for a lot of reasons, mainly Marcus Freeman and the energy and effort he puts in and requires his staff to put in in this regard in recruiting. All right? Now, that class is off to a great start. High-end guys, number one. But the quarterback position is still up in the air, and it's causing anxiety for everybody, justifiably so, as this just happens to be the single most important individual position in all of sports, any sport. And this is an area Notre Dame has to get better at in order to reach our goals. I am not telling you guys anything new. Everybody knows that's our situation. We all know Dante Moore's target number one. We're getting to the point where it's hard for me to tell what's real and what isn't real. Rumors every day on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, on message boards about him are popping up all over the country. I've heard it all. The range extends from he's a silent Notre Dame commit just taking visits to ramp up his NIL value by adding social media followers from multiple fan bases. That's a thing, by the way, you guys. Everybody needs to understand that. The whole college football ecosystem's changing so rapidly. Know that this is a thing. On three, the recruiting service, they got your star, you know, your position ranking. They also have an NIL valuation equation 
where you're going to have your name, quarterback, star ranking, you know, ranking in your position, and their NIL valuation for you. That is an equation. Social media sub counts is a large part of that equation. So what you have is guys who know where they're going. Maybe they silent commit. Maybe they don't, but they know where they're going. But rather than ending it right there and committing and that's it, they're going to take all their official visits, go into all those cities, get on Twitter and say, hey, show me love, LSU, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Georgia, whatever. Show me love, all these fan bases. You know, you want me to go there. Then... You got all those different fan bases jumping onto your Twitter, makes your NIL valuation go up. These guys aren't dumb. If it's about the money, they're going to play this to get the money. So I'm not making a judgment that that's wrong or right or anything else. I'm just telling you it's a part of what's going on now. So I've heard all of that from silent commit to Notre Dame to now he's window shopping for the highest NIL deal and bag men and everything in between. I've heard it all in the last few weeks. Heard it all, seen it all, read it all. I don't know what the truth is. I don't know. I don't know. So I don't know if anybody does. I, I don't know. It seems like there's ebbs and flows of this where like Notre Dame has momentum and the gold throne was momentum and then it cooled off. Then on Blue and Gold weekend, he was down with the in a swamp with Kelly. So there's these ebbs and flows in momentum, but I don't know if it's legitimate ebbs and flows or media-driven or social media-driven. I don't know. It's just damn hard to tell right now. Seems like the weekend of June 10th is a big deal for a lot of Notre Dame people. They're hoping he will return to campus then and maybe would hope for a commit then. If not, you're in for a long haul of when it happens. If, if he doesn't come, then it happens then. If it's going to be Notre Dame at all, then you're going to have to string it out longer, wait longer, and any hair I have is going to fall out. So, obviously, he's the cherry on top of what is already a great class so far in 23. No three stars. Those are Michigan guys now. That, that's what I've decided. Those that half the recruiting class, Kelly filled with three stars, those are Michigan guys now. Okay, Michigan top targets. Good, good for you. Go for it. Bo would be proud, right? So the question I got to ask, though, is what is the plan if Notre Dame misses on Dante Moore for any reason? Any reason. A while back. The top three seem to be Moore, Vizina, and Jackson Arnold. Everybody's known Moore's number one. Since then, though, Arnold's committed to Oklahoma and Vizina committed to Dabo and Clemson. So where exactly does that leave Notre Dame if Moore takes his services elsewhere? In a very rough spot. That's where. In a very rough spot. Do they... Go for Avery Johnson. He's a four-star, but nowhere near, near the potential of more. I had Mason Plummer on a couple weeks ago to break down this situation. 
And he said, yeah, Avery Johnson, four-star guy, but he, but the problem is he can't throw. That's kind of a problem when one of my recruiting guys that looks into all this tells me that's a red flag right away. Kind of a problem, kind of a big deal. Four-star guy, but nobody's acting like that guy is in Dante Moore's vicinity of current capabilities and high-end upside. It's just not the case. So for 2023, seems like it's boom or bust with Dante Moore. Big gambles like this can burn you or can pay off huge. This is the difference between going after three-star quarterbacks and fives. The fives make you wait. Everybody wants them and is a suitor of them. They want to take their time, be wined and dined or whatever else. And I don't blame them for that. Okay? This is what it looks like to swim in the deep end of the talent swimming pool. Now, I have heard, well, if we miss more, it's really no big deal because we're in great position in 2024 with two extreme high-end quarterbacks, Julian Sayin, a five-star guy, and Lloyd's grandson, C.J. Carr, also a five-star guy. Apparently, they both love Notre Dame, and Notre Dame expects, maybe, I don't want to get out of myself, but Notre Dame suspects they would be able to maybe have their pick of those two at this point. It's early, I don't know, I've just heard there's a lot of smoke there. This is somewhat comforting if we don't get more, but it still is not ideal in any way, shape, or form, mainly for two reasons that we're going to go over right now. Number one, what about if Moore strings this out all summer or something, goes somewhere else? What about all the other skill talent, not even skill talent, could be defensive guys even, that we maybe could have gotten or had more of a chance to land if Dante Moore was in the fold early? You're these great wide receivers you know there's a guy that's going to be able to get you the ball that has a big arm coming with you. If he doesn't do that, Notre Dame doesn't have a quarterback. You don't know what guys you're missing out on that would, not that they're guaranteed they would have come to us if more came, but it opens avenues and eyes and makes some guys interested that maybe more than they would be without more. So that is a big negative. You can't pitch to those wide receivers. We got this five-star guy coming with you. He's going to be the one throwing it to you. Build a relationship with them. Let's get this thing going. You're not going to have that. So that's number one. This isn't ideal of people telling me, even if you don't get more, don't worry about it. 24 looks good for us for elite quarterbacks. You're missing the opportunity to use him to draw other top players in this class to this class. I don't like it. Number two is, it simply pushes back the elite Freeman era, Notre Dame quarterback hopes, a whole nother year, or maybe even two, if a guy's highly rated but can't come in and play right away in 2024. Then you're bumping that elite guy out Two more years. 
I don't think Marcus Freeman wants to wait that long to know he has an elite skill set guy. Now, I am not ignoring Tyler Buckner and all those possibilities, Drew Pine and Jelly. I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing those guys turning into something good. But it's just not built like Dante Moore. That's a different deal. That's a different deal. And this would be a huge recruiting feather in Marcus Freeman's cap to start his Notre Dame tenure. Being able to land a quarterback like this, and it's, it's been a, a problem Kelly can never solve. All right? So, this, it's, it's causing a lot of anxiety. Uh, and, and there's, it's a big gamble, but one that they have to take. And I get why they're in this position. They're big game hunting. And it's just, you're stuck in the middle and you just want to know one way or another what's going to happen and we're not going to know for a while. It seems like. There's no doubt that 23 class will be great. But without more, it's going to seem unsatisfying in a way that may actually be unfair. At the same time, Quarterbacks are quarterbacks. Everything revolves around elite quarterback play in, in college football, in my opinion. At least for Notre Dame. I don't see Notre Dame winning playoff games without elite quarterback play. I'm talking about a guy you're winning these games because of. Not with, because of. And that's something Notre Dame is not at when we get in these big moments, big playoff games. So, it may be unfair if that 23 class is really, really strong with four and five-star guys. If we don't get Dante Moore, there's going to be negativity about this class that's going to be an unbelievably good class. So, I prefer we just land him and avoid that dynamic, right? So, these are big boy recruiting situations we're messing with now. And no matter how Moore ends up playing out, Notre Dame swimming in the deep end of the pool, that is going to pay off eventually. I am certain of that. We and I just have no patience. And you just want it to be now the crown jewel of this 23 class, the cherry on top, five-star quarterback, top 10 player in the whole country, Regardless of position, that's where you want to be. So, I heard things went fine at LSU. He's very interested in Oregon. Here's the thing about the LSU dynamic recruiting Dante Moore. Brian Kelly has a large ego, in case you haven't noticed by now. Brian Kelly thinks a lot of himself if you haven't realized that by now. Brian Kelly knows the priority Dante Moore is to Notre Dame. It wouldn't surprise me at all with Kelly's ego if he worked his ass off 10 times as hard recruiting Dante Moore to LSU than he ever did recruiting any quarterback to Notre Dame for one reason, just because he knows how much it's going to piss us all off. Okay? I would not put that past Brian Kelly 
to go miles above and beyond any effort he put in at Notre Dame just to get this kid to LSU to stick it to us. That is the most Brian Kelly thing to do of all time. Not work that hard on elite quarterback recruiting at Notre Dame. Suddenly with this guy, he knows it's our priority. Work his ass off. Wouldn't shock me at all. That's how Brian Kelly is. He's that petty. And he knows everything being said and written about him at Notre Dame. The recruiting downfalls, quarterback, all that. This would be his way to get back at all of us. And he doesn't like us anymore. Maybe never did. So, we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, I This is just going to be anxiety producing. I don't know what the exact dynamic is for that June 10th potential visit date. People are thinking, if he doesn't come and commit then, then this gets drug out into the dog days of summer, and you're really floating around in no man's land with sand running out of the hourglass at that point. So, really tricky dynamic. Let's hope he goes to ND and this class ends up being a rocket ship, leading Marcus Freeman where, where we all want this to go. But I just wanted to go over the dynamics as I see them right now. There's no good backup plan for 23 if you don't get this guy. So that will be tough. People will rip Freeman. Oh, see, rookie coach, he got played by this guy. He doesn't know what he's doing. Let's just, I want to avoid all of those narratives that are going to come out if this doesn't break Notre Dame's way. So, I will close with this. And I've said it before. Unlike before with Swamp Thing, if we don't get more, I know it will not be due to lack of recruiting effort. And that is a big difference between him and Kelly at Notre uh, Freeman and Kelly at Notre Dame. If we don't get him, I'm not going to sit there and go, I wonder if we did all we could do. And that provides me with a clear conscience in that regard that I could never really have when Kelly was in charge because I knew he wasn't putting in the effort it takes. So at a minimum, at least you know, even if it doesn't break our way, that's not the issue. And that is why I say in the future, this is going to pay off all this recruiting effort and focus and attention. So let's just hope this all breaks our way. And then the Freeman factor thing is a rocket ship. This class with him in it would be the best possible way to start Marcus Freeman's tenure other than beating Ohio State, which by the way, Freeman's in Vegas for the draft. So's Ryan Day. They were interviewed today and they brought up the fact that the spread's 13 and a half currently for Ohio State over Notre Dame. And Marcus Freeman said, why don't you just round it up to 14? He's playing up that underdog angle already. And I love it. He's playing the underdog angle on this where before we had Kelly playing no angle at all on anything. Kelly had no motivational tactic whatsoever. No win one for the Gipper. 
No, we're the underdog, prove them wrong. Nope, all just business trips. Punch in, punch out, sit in your cubicle, no emotion, crunch your numbers, punch your time card. Just a business trip, that's all these games were. No, so it may not work against Ohio State, but at least Freeman has an angle that I see he's trying to motivate the guys with. Kelly never even had that. That's already an advantage of Freeman over Kelly right there. So this is how I see it as we sit now. Let me know what I'm missing here. What else is in play? Maybe I missed something, but I don't think I did. Let me know. Talk to you soon.